Hello again, and welcome to Meandering Through the Madness, Episode 5. This one's going to be called Gratitude is Everything. And when we recorded this, we ended up talking for a lot longer about it than, than I expected. This was two hours of audio. So by the time I edited it down, I decided to put it into two different episodes. But during these two episodes, we talked about a lot of things. We talked about work and relationships um, you know, how, how grateful I was to make it through an entire summer without getting stung by a bee. And we del- we delved a little bit into what exactly gratitude is and the opposite of it. So the opposite of gratitude, we came to the conclusion, isn't taking things for granted. It's the fear of lack or loss. talking about this idea that you can eventually through technology find a way to put what you're seeing in your head directly onto paper or in a movie or whatever so that there's no gap for your clumsy hands or your lousy voice or whatever and the idea is to help creators do a better job but if you look at it from the scientific scientific point of view that's not really a thing because we don't have a solid picture in our heads of exactly what what we're we we think we have a solid visualization of the picture we're trying to draw if we could see what was in our head we would notice that it wasn't as clear as we think it is it's just a a fuzzy idea of what we think we want to have so if you're creating any sort of technology to help you visualize and put something on paper it's going to have to do a lot of guesswork for you because whenever we're drawing or or writing we don't know everything that we want to put out but it's actually intuition is helping us get it out there so when you're when you're carving say and you say i can see a horse in that chunk of wood right and maybe you just have a general idea that could maybe be a horse but then you start Mm -hmm. carving you don't know that you're going to end up with exactly what you're going to end up with it's kind of a it's an art relies on your soul yeah i was like that sounds dull scientists getting involved in creation well, they're, these two guys are saying that you can't do it. Oh. They're saying that there's no way that you're going to make this machine that's going to make bang, it just pop out of your head because it isn't in your head. No, they'll all be the same. It's the action. <laughs> that's right. The action of creating the art or making the, writing the book, making the painting is where it comes from. It comes from the action. Of doing, not thinking. That's right. So it turned out to be way more interesting podcast than I thought it would be. I was listening to something similar by Abraham Hicks, but they were saying that about life, to visualize and to let yourself daydream and then find gratitude for, for what's there with you in the moment. But just let the daydream be there and then see what your life takes shape as. But be happy with what you've created. So kind of a bigger scale. Well, if we take that idea to... Anything like, we're trying to do for self for self growth, we have a general kind of idea of where we want to go, but we might be mistaken about what exactly we want. But it doesn't matter because just the act of trying to get there is going to create something, and it'll be bigger than what you thought it was going to be. And I'm I'm sure you found that with uh, when we wrote the the book we wrote, yeah. we ended up with something that we didn't know we were going to get. 
not exactly. It's yeah, definitely okay. a lot better than it would have been if just if you just popped out the idea of what we thought it was going to be right off the bat and just made just exactly that. It okay. wouldn't have been as good. That's right. And then bring on the second one. You know. That's right. <laughs> so let's break into the benefits of gratitude and why we wanted to talk about this. And I guess before we even start, I I want to say that I'm very grateful to be working with you on this podcast and the, and these books. Me as well. Nice little balance. You right. you, keep, you keep me motivated because I will put it off forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm better. I'm better at action, but definitely procrastination has been my friend. Well, I'm great at starting things, but on my own, it's difficult for me to finish sometimes. Yeah. So that's one way that you're helping me with this. Here we because go. having somebody else involved means that I feel a little more pressure to finish. Starting is really easy, but conclusions are a little harder. A little harder. That's right. And I, yeah. So gratitude is the key. I think it's way more important than than most people um, realize. So if you think about it in the terms of saying yes or saying no to things, as soon as you're grateful, you're saying yes. And if you're miserable and complaining, you're saying no. Mm-hmm. And if you're saying no, then you're just not getting things. Like if, if somebody walks up and said, well, you like this? And you say, no. <laughs> well, you're not getting it then. They just like turn away and their shoulders slump. And they're like, okay, whatever then. I guess I won't give it to them. Receiving is an art of its own. I've worked really hard at receiving. Still, still working really hard at receiving. It is hard. But whenever you're grateful for things that arrive your way, it does help. Absolutely. It's a, the vibration of gratitude is a very full feeling and the vibration of lack is a very empty feeling when you're feeling like you're lacking. It's hard not to um, worry about lack. We all know this because we live on earth. So say for instance, today I'm laid off from the job I'm working at Mm -hmm. and I have money in the bank right now because I've been working nearly every day for a couple months. So right now I don't I'm not desperate by any means, and this won't hurt me for two or three weeks, mm-hmm. which means it's not time to party, but it's it's time to relax a little bit, you know, maybe wake up a little later in the morning and, <laughs> and uh, you know, take an extra bath here or there or go visit my parents, things like that. That's what it's time for now. But part of me wants to worry right away because, well, what if it takes longer to get time to find another job or... You could be dead or, in three weeks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, it could be, but that's not what that's not what the lacking part thinks. The lacking part no. thinks, what happens in six months if I haven't worked yet? I need three months worth of food in the freezer. Yeah, exactly. That's programming. That's the the programming that you know success is what you have. Well, I mean, in survival, I guess it's a root issue. Realistically speaking, though, yes, you can lose your possessions if you if you have not enough money to make payments, etc. But living in Canada, it would be pretty hard to not survive. We we have so much to be grateful for just for the fact that we live here where it's it's very difficult to, for instance, starve to death or yeah. or freeze to death. Even yeah. though it's one of the coldest countries in the world, it's hard to freeze to death here because somebody will help you out. I don't know. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious to the stats on that. Not to be a Debbie Downer. <laughs> Where's my phone? But if you, I, I guess it's it's possible to refuse help and to end up in bad straits. I think... But why do people refuse help? Some people uh, don't think they're worthy of help or aren't willing to do what it would take to get the help. And some people are mentally ill. That's right. I think there's a stigmatism, like even though Canada is 
there's a stigmatism to taking the helm. So between January 1st and March 31st, 2018, Toronto Public Health reported an average of 1.8 deaths per week among people experiencing homelessness. The average age among the deceased was only 50 years. As medical professionals, we frequently have no choice but to discharge patients from our emergency departments back to the street, largely because of lack of shelter beds. Well, it might be, be, might be beyond our scope to figure out why people are ending up homeless. But I was more referring to, if you have a home right now, and you're worried about some tragedy taking it away from you, it's pretty unlikely that you're going to end up out on the street freezing to death somewhere. Like, it is a, it is a possibility, but... Not too long ago... Um, I was in meditation and uh, I, heard a, I heard a quiet whisper and it said, you will be asked what you have to give, what you will give when you have nothing. And I went through a space of not having much security as far as a place to live and uh, resources for, for me and the boys. Like we sought help from from friends and I house sat and and things things came around because I kept working towards towards my goal even though things looked a little a little unsettling. But gratitude still had to be found in in the space of nothing. Like when I was at my very least, I still needed to be able to find gratitude so I could be of service. And and where I found that gratitude was in that I'm able to show up every day and do my work. So maybe I took it in that direction just because sometimes we are asked when we are faced with nothingness or to, or maybe we do lose our house and we do lose our cars and we lose everything. I still, I still in my heart believe that gratitude is key no matter where you're at. So what if the, you know? Well, even, even this spring. So we were working on uh, getting our book out in the world. Yeah. But I didn't work for four months straight. Okay. And it had been a rough patch before that. So there wasn't a lot of money coming in steadily mm-hmm. before that happened. Anyways, I ended up using up most of our life savings basically to keep. And it, it doesn't sound like four months isn't that long of a period of time. But when you have no income I do, yeah. and I do have dependents, yeah. you just end up using up way more resources than you think you're going to. And then going a little bit into debt even. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a little difficult to stay positive about this, but the one thing that I kept going back to was that I was grateful that it seemed like, yes, I had no job, but at the same time, I was available to take care of a bunch of things that needed to be taken care of. I had all that time off right when we were publishing a book, when my parents needed extra help at home because of illness related issues, mm-hmm. just, there was various people that needed my help and I was available for that. And even though we we went a little bit into debt and everything was very uncertain, I was really grateful that I had the time there when I needed it. Because when you're working a full-time job, you don't, you know, and uh, say somebody ends up in the hospital, you can't go visit them or anything uh, unless you're going to, you know, take all that time off work and then you might lose your job anyway. Mm -hmm. And I was busy visiting two different people in the hospital at the same time different floors, driving people around for medical appointments, all these things that take, you know, well, as soon as you start in on that, your whole day is gone. So yes, I was worried, but at the same time, I was really grateful that I was there for those people at that time. And then it all came around. 
Yeah, it came around. I, I mean, know. the money is just money. That's right. Maybe I don't put enough emphasis on that, but I mean, it comes and it goes. <laughs> no, in and out. In yeah, and that's out. right. <laughs> I've had a bunch. I've had none. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure none will come again. That's right. But I have to stay steady in my, I can't see my value in, in what's in my bank account. And we're in serious economical times out here in our region of the country. And we're seeing a lot of sadness and uh, I guess tests for yeah. families and um, the men are taking it really hard. Oh, that's why when a job like this comes up where I can go away from home and work every day for two months straight, almost well, one day a week off then you're going to take it because That's right. you're just right. grateful for that chance to do that at that point. There's, Absolutely. There's not a lot of work going around right now. And that's what, because you've been working six days a week for two months away from home, one day off a week, and, and you have a wife and a family, and, and uh, that's a sacrifice all on its own. But to still have gratitude behind it, that you can support them and, you know, you can be there for them and the money that you're earning allows you to provide opportunities for you and your family. So, worth it in the end, you know. If you have gratitude behind it, I'm sure you could go into it feeling <laughs> pissed off if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, you could totally do that. You could totally feel like you were making a huge sacrifice and <laughs> no feel negative about you. it. <laughs> your kids are Denton pots. They don't care. dollar <laughs> pot. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah you work so hard and you mean you guys do work hard out there and the elements yeah. I have the job of my dreams and sometimes I don't want to go <laughs> I don't know I'm grateful I'm so grateful but some days I'm like oh and then I don't I don't consider myself to work because what I do brings so much soul to my life so much so many blessings so for people who go to normal everyday jobs and I have a respect for that if they can have gratitude behind them and, you know. In some ways, I, I think it's easier. I, I know a lot of people don't, don't, don't try to find gratitude in, in my job or any job necessarily. A lot of people don't. But in some ways, it's easier to go to a job like I have than it is to go to the same job every day. I've done the office job as well. Mm -hmm. I've done that for months on end. And that is more challenging than working with your hands or working outside like I do, because there's not much change happening. You don't see anything new. You're going to the same place every day, same people, same desk, same work probably, or same type of work. Yeah. You, may, you mm -hmm. might have different files on your desk or you might be working on different projects, but it's basically the same thing day in, day out. Inhale, exhale. That's right. <laughs> and that is challenging. At the same time, though, you can find gratitude in that as well, because you can say, I have this to do. I know I have stability. I have the ability to, to say, build up a big savings account or, or because I can incrementally save. And some people can't incrementally save because they don't have steady work. Yeah. I can plan my diet because I know where I'm going to be every day. So I can, I can plan how I'm going to, uh, you know, feed my body. Mm -hmm. I can meal prep or whatever because I'm working from home and some people can't work from home and they can't do that. There's all kinds of ways you can look at, look at it with gratitude, but at the same time you can look at it negatively too. I'm trapped in this job. It just never ends. It's the same thing. It's just like laundry. 
if I have to tell another person to exhale, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) Just breathe consciously. That's right. Well, let's go over some benefits of gratitude because we've kind of determined that it is a little better, but how is it better? Than not having gratitude? Well, I, I quickly searched this and I found a book, strangely enough, called the 90 day gratitude journal. And he's got uh, 31 benefits of gratitude here. Oh. And his number one is gratitude makes us happier. It is. It's a rich feeling. And I think that should be, that should be the number one thing. Because if you're happier, then all other things being equal, happier is better than sadder. Yes. That's so, what I use it for. The other day, I was sitting in my car and I was all upset. And I had, I had to find gratitude for a specific person. And then once I've could start picking out the gratitude then my whole heart changed and the what I was feeling changed and I could just let it go makes you happier I agree with him what's his name so maybe someone will buy his book <laughs> we just need to know day, who you are 90 day gratitude journal anyway the 90 day gratitude journal yeah. what else does he say gratitude will do for us he's saying that it'll make people like you well yeah because you're giving out a nice vibration this is the 90-Day Gratitude Journal, A Mindful Practice for a Lifetime of Happiness by S.J. Scott. S.J. Scott. And Barry Davenport, two authors. Cool. We should try to get a hold of them. Like, we did a 90-Day Challenge book. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should. I see at least on Amazon.ca, it's only available in paperback. Okay. At the end of every yoga class, when we come back from the resting pose, Shavasana, I ask people to have gratitude for their body. Mm-hmm. Like coming back, like just for carrying you around. Think of all the negative thoughts you feed your body. <laughs> have a little gratitude for your body dragging you through the rock that's hurling you through space. Yeah, you definitely have to be grateful for your body. If you're unhappy with your body, it'll start shutting down. Well, it might motivate you to do some changes if you're unhappy with the way you look. Yeah, but what are you saying? Because it's like that plant experiment, like your body is the same thing. What you're saying to yourself will affect how you develop and take shape. I guess that's true. Whenever I'm unhappy with my body, I'm actually not ungrateful for my body. I'm ungrateful for the actions that I took that led to whatever I've created. <laughs> whatever you you're like, oh, this popped out. <laughs> Put down the chocolate. But it's not actually directed at my body per se. And like, so, okay, you don't like what you've created, but how do you turn that around? If you keep shaming and guilting yourself, your body is probably just going to do worse things. It's probably going to hold on to the calories, whatever you don't like is going to magnify. But if you can love what you've created, and what I mean by that is understand and accept what you've created with your chocolate bar binge, I'm pretty sure the cells will change shape faster or the body will change shape faster just by changing the vibration is more aligned with, with a, a fitter body. You're having fitter thoughts. Make sense? It does. I guess also if you're grateful for the fact that you even have the chocolate, then maybe you won't feel like you have to have 10 of them because you're not going to run out. Yeah, that like place of luck. Gratitude for something means you're not rushed and worrying if you're actually grateful for it. You're going to let that baby melt in your mouth. You that's know? right. <laughs> you're and gonna- that, that's one of my personal challenges is, is I guess unconscious fear of running out of food yeah it's hard to be grateful for something when you're worried that it's that you've only got this limited amount of it i went through about a year practice 
of being grateful every time I fed my children because um, we went through a hardship in my ex-husband and I in about 2009, 2010, and things were tight for food. And I was starting to worry and I was doing a lot of reading on manifestation and I started to offer gratitude for everything I fed my children. And I would just hold it and I would be like, I'm so grateful for these fresh vegetables, for these fresh fruits. And they just kept coming. Where I think that if you fear it, it pushes it away and then it becomes harder and harder to obtain. Another gratitude exercise that I did, um, I was feeling pretty depressed and I was really playing with gratitude and I wanted something, what am I, at the simplest level, like at a simple level, what am I truly grateful for? And for me, it's a hot run and shower. Mm. There is nothing I love more than to not have to pack my water or I've been to lots of countries where people haul their water or they have cold showers or, you know, I love a hot shower. And then from there, I scaled it down to gratitude for the breath, to feel and experience the breath. And in order to have true gratitude, you have to be experiencing the hot shower as well. You have to feel it. Like, oh, it feels good. It, the- it's funny that you're mentioning running water. <laughs> because I grew up without running water. Oh, and then I, <laughs> I got into the army right out of, I was still in high school when I got into basic training. Okay. So there we are. I think there was a hundred and some guys in this one barracks and a huge bathroom with no shower curtains, right? Yeah. But it was showers anyway. And I, and I hadn't been around a lot of people naked. So that was a problem for me at first, but whatever. Anyway, we had this big meeting where a housing meeting where we got to bring up concerns about the housing. And there was a squad of girls. We were all like 18 to 23 ish age, but there's, there was like seven or eight girls out of a hundred and some people. And at this meeting, they brought up that the shower curtains were old and ripped and all the guys were saying, you have shower curtains? <laughs> and I was saying, come on, people, you have running water. That's, right. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> You're like, this is great. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to complain about the lack of a shower curtain because I've never had a shower before. So we had to, as ridiculous as it sounds, we were packing in buckets of water and heating it up and putting it in a steel bathtub. Yeah. Old school. Oh, Yeah. So do you have do you have like a thing oh, yeah. for a hot shower? Yeah. Like like I said, maybe I don't know if that's going to make the podcast, but at the beginning there I said I'm going to have be grateful for this time to go home and have a bath in my own bathtub. Yeah. Because for me that's that's one of the big things, having the time and the ability to have a bath. A nice good bath. That's right. With some, uh, I don't know if they are actually from Tibet, but I get these Tibetan bath salts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of magnesium. That's right. Soften your muscles. Yeah. Well, I'm, we're on the same page there because for me, it's hot showers and then fresh, fresh vegetables in winter. We don't live in a, in a friendly climate. That's true. Uh, cucumbers are like three bucks. <laughs> My teenager's six two, 140 pounds. <laughs> we need more than one cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> So that like so much gratitude to be able to feed my children well. How are they? Are they grateful for the vegetables or are they looking for something else? No, my kids are really good about eating their vegetables. They understand. I mean, they grew up with a anatomy geek as a mother, anatomy and neurology geek. So 
psychology. <laughs> but they understand gratitude. My children never, ever really complain with anything I put in front of them. I, I think that that's, well, every kid is, every parent knows that kids are not born all the same. Yeah. So we had a pretty grateful kid, the first one. Mm-hmm. And then one that wasn't so eager to look at things gratefully. And then one that was really quiet and thankful. Yeah. So we kind of had a mix. It's not that the, the, the one in the middle was ungrateful. It's just that he, he felt lack more, I guess. Yeah. I think what we're, what I'm kind of realizing here is that the, the opposite of gratefulness isn't, isn't being ungrateful. It's feeling afraid of lack. Exactly what it is. And I never really thought about that before. Or deprivation, fear of deprivation, which it blocks reception. Hmm. Because if you're afraid, then you start taking actions because of your fear and your actions drive the things away from you. Exactly. Like say, for instance, you're afraid that you're not going to get that. I'm going to go back to that because that's a common example, but you're not going to get the promotion or the, or the extra thing at work. So because you're afraid that you're not going to get it, you start doing more actions trying to get it. And they start looking desperate and then people sense that. And then because of that, you seem weak. So you don't get the thing. Sounds like me in romantic relationships. <laughs> 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 we want to get real. Are, are you afraid of the lack? Yeah. That, that they're just going to stop loving me. It's not just remote romantic relationships. I've had that exact thing happen with friends a couple times. Yeah. Where... I guess sometimes being in a friendship is, is the same as a romantic relationship where you, you might feel basically enamored with the other person, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, almost feel like you don't deserve to be friends with them. And what if they stop being friends with you because they're really almost doing you a favor kind of deal? I don't know if that makes any sense. I'm searching my data bank for a similar situation. Yeah, yeah, I could agree. Or that so you're then, afraid of doing something wrong or like not being, yeah. and then you're not, no longer authentic. That's right. But then because you're worried about that, then you start, you know, Projecting. checking to see, you start checking to see if the friendship's still working or if it's, right. or if it's solid. Do so you love me now? <laughs> yeah. So then maybe, maybe you text too much or, or whatever, <laughs> whatever things do that, you know, make the person annoyed with you. <laughs> this is so it. It's the same as a romantic relationship, right? Yeah. Basically, as soon as you start looking desperate, nobody wants to be around. So, Because it's that needy energy, that need for yeah. validation, that need for um, validation. Mm-hmm. Because it's you not accepting yourself. And then, or you, like, me too, but, and then that vibration of non-acceptance of the self is vibrating out, pushing the other people. It's like bringing the non-acceptance of you out in them. Yep. Because the vibes match. That's how energy works. And even if they like try to be like, no, no, you're cool. You're cool. Right. Yeah. But you'll keep pushing and, you know, until the point where they're like, oh my God. <laughs> and needy as hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody likes anybody that's needy, I guess, is the bottom line. Right. Everybody wants to be around somebody that's confident and, and fun to be around and all those things. And when you're being all, needy you're you're not you're not meeting their needs I th- and I, there can be a switch i mean everybody's going to be needy at some point in time but is there an exchange 
like I have a couple friends that sometimes I'm broken and they come to me and they offer me their best advice and they sit with me in my sorrow and they, you know, we connect in it. And, and then when they need me, I'm there mm-hmm. because we're not always a hundred percent confident or strong. And- well, no, I think it, it depends on what the friendship or relationship is, is based upon. But I've also to had, a degree, right? Even with um, clients and, and students, I'll only address the same problem three times. And then maybe they need to hear it from another place. You know, oh, any more uh, yeah. anymore for people that aren't very open, I'll only bring it up once. Like, cheers, like a little hint. And then if they don't like it, if they don't take the hint, then uh, it's time for me to not talk about it anymore. We can just, you know, agree to disagree on that. Because I don't know, I've just I've just run into so many situations where it's not worth talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, even on a professional <laughs> level, like I'm I'm there for people and their issues and wanting to help them solve them. But some people are just not ready to let go of stuff. Yeah. And then I feel like I'm seeing it and that if I keep seeing them for the same issue, I'm taking advantage of them financially. Mm-hmm. Because they're not, you know. I can see them not wanting to be able to address it within themselves and they want to, they want to outsource it and have someone else fix it for them. And no matter what amount of money they give me, I cannot fix it for them. They have to come to space of realization and adjustment and realignment. That's, that's, I mean, we can go there. I can show you where to look, but I can't tell you what to see. And then people become dependent and there's big business in this. Like there's big business. In oh this. yeah. That's, that's what I'm just thinking about. I'm thinking about, Chiropractors and massage therapists and acupuncturists and hypnotherapists, all these people constantly patch other people, Mm -hmm. but they're just putting band-aids on the top. And that's kind of the way they want it. A lot of them, not all of them, but some of them want it. So like, say you're talking to a new chiropractor, they would not want you to fix your, yourself up a little bit. So you only need them once a month instead of four times a month. That's right. Or even big pharma. That's why preventative care isn't isn't highlighted. Government makes a big money big money on pharmaceuticals. Before anybody gets the wrong idea, I am super grateful for chiropractors. Yes. Because when I was desperate, the chiropractor that I know, she really helped me for a year and a half and she got me out of a really bad spot. Absolutely. And I, I did so. go to see her every two weeks. But I know massage therapists that are like, oh, if they would just stretch, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know massage therapists that would love to see people not come back. Yeah. And I would, I would love to, I would, I say all the time in class, my dream is to teach people to do yoga so well, they don't need a teacher that I teach. I work myself right out of work. Well, there'd always be more people. That's what I think. But <laughs> that's <laughs> what I tell them is that I, I want to teach them to find centers so well that they need nothing but themselves. And really that's the, I don't know. Gratitude. It's funny how we start with the topic. <laughs> and then we take a completely different, it's art. I mean, we probably, right. could, we probably could plan it all out, but that would give me such bad anxiety. I'd have if to we research. It? Oh God. We'd have to research points and I'd have to double check my stats and I'd <laughs> be awful. I guess we have, we do have the confidence in ourselves that we can make something happen here. Right. Oh yeah. I think we have a repetitive message that keeps surfacing. You are the key. Meditation's the way out. <laughs> Find center. 
we could go right into how meditation can help you with your gratitude. Absolutely. Because I guess if we're, if we're becoming more present in the moment, no matter which method we use to get there, yeah. if we're more present, then we're going to be more likely to be able to see what there is to be grateful for. Like if you, if you're like a robot and you just get up, drink coffee, go to work, etc., you're never going to notice, Hey, this coffee's pretty darn good. You're okay. just chugging it down. I think the more structured you keep things, the more dense that gets. Because structure, the mind loves it. The mind loves structure. There's no threats in it, you know. Mm -hmm. But meditation, when we come into presence, allows us to see something beyond the routine. You're right. Even watching a bumblebee carry pollen, that's a good time. Unless it flies near me. (laughs) (laughs) They've got little pollen pockets. They stuff it in their pollen. And then they just carry it all around and they're not even supposed to be able to fly or nothing. Bees are a great way to presence for me. I love watching bees. Being allergic, I have a little bit of anxiety about that. Do you? I'm allergic too. But they're fascinating. It's not so much bees. Actually, I'm not nervous at all watching bees or bumblebees. I'm allergic to wasps and hornets. And they make me... They're (laughs) aggressive. I'm never happy about it. Let's put it that way. No. Yeah, can you be great? Yeah. I've always wondered what exact role the mind plays in uh, whether or not you get stung, your emotions. Because uh, I've been stung multiple times, but the one time I was, we, we were out roofing. I was helping my grandfather build a roof. We were putting on shingles, come down to have a snack. We went inside and we were sitting down inside. And a bee crawled out of my sleeve and was on the back of my hand. It was a wasp. And when I looked at it and saw it and got scared, that is when it stung me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the fear attracted it. Well, it was already on me. It was in my clothes. But it yeah, didn't but... do a thing until I looked at it and got scared. That's right. And there we go again to lack and fear. Yeah. It's pretty hard to be grateful for wasps and hornets. But I, I did research a little bit about them last year because i was thinking well they must have a purpose <laughs> why are they just are they just out there to be mean to us or what's the what's the reason for wasps and hornets turns out that without wasps and hornets we would be overrun by caterpillars moths and other things that eat plants so the way it works is for the first half of the year there's plenty of food plenty of flowers and they're all pollinating with the other bees mm-hmm. and then as the summer gets on and there's less flowers the wasps and hornets go out And they hunt and scavenge, and they mostly are after caterpillars and moths. Hmm. And if they weren't keeping the population down, we would be overrun with moths and caterpillars and all the leaves would be eaten off all the trees. And the land. And there'd be way too many of them. So they do have a reason. We need them. Maybe gratitude every day that you don't get bit. That's true. I haven't been stung in a couple years, and I made it to winter. There you are. Success. grateful for another year of not going to the hospital with an allergic reaction our discussion of gratitude will continue next week in part two of gratitude is everything